Hi folks, I'm your friend Sanjeev Bakshi, the urban storyteller from New Delhi, India, presenting you a beautiful short story titled The Necklace, authored by the eminent French writer Guy Damepesson. I hope you will like this story. Let's get started. Matilda is invited to a grand party. She has beautiful dress but she doesn't have jewelry. She borrows a necklace from a friend of hers and loses it. What happens next? She was one of those pretty young ladies born as if through an error of destiny into a family of clocks. She had no dowry, no hopes, no means of becoming known, loved and married by a man either rich or distinguished. And she allowed herself to marry a petty clerk in an office of the Board of Education. She was simple, yet she was charming. She was beautiful, but she was unhappy. She suffered a lot, feeling herself born from all delicacies and luxuries. She suffered from the party of her apartment. She felt that her apartment was of no use. It was not a place for her to live. It had shabby walls and worn chairs. All these things tortured and angered her. When she seated herself for dinner opposite her husband, who uncovered the tureen with a delighted air saying, "Oh, the good pot pie. I know nothing better than that." she would think of elegant dinners of shining sulfur she thought of the expensive food served in marvelous dishes she had neither frock nor jewels nothing she loved only those things she had a rich friend a schoolmate at the convent who she did not like to visit she suffered so much when she returned she wept for whole days from despair and disappointment One evening her husband returned elated bearing in his hand a large envelope Hey here I come home here he said I have got something for you what have you got for me She quickly drew out a printed card on which was inscribed these words The Minister of Public Instructions and Madam George asked the owner of Mr and Mrs Lawsell's company Monday evening January 18th at the minister's residence instead of being delighted as her husband had hoped she threw the invitation spitefully upon the table murmuring what do you suppose i want with that but 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 my dearie, but but my darling, I thought it would make you happy. You never go out, and this is an occasion and a fine one. Everybody wishes one, and it is very select. Not many are going to employ. You see, you see the whole official word there. She looked at him with an irritated eye and declared impatiently, "What do you suppose? I have nothing to wear." he had not thought of that he stammered why the dress you wear when we go to the theater last month it seemed very pretty to me 
he was silent stupefied and dismay at the sight of his wife sweeping he stammered hey sweetie what's the matter what's the matter by a violent effort she had controlled her vexation and responded in a calm voice wiping her moist cheeks nothing only i have no dress and consequently i cannot go to the affair give your card to some colleague whose wife is better fitted than i she was grieved but answered let's see matilda matilda how much would a suitable costume cost something that would serve for other occasions as well something very simple she reflected for some seconds thinking of a sum that she could ask for without bringing with it an immediate refusal and a frightened exclamation from the economical clerk finally she said in a hesitating voice i cannot tell exactly but it seems to me that 400 francs ought to cover it don't pay for he had saved just the sum to buy a gun that he might be able to join some hunting parties the next summer with some friends who went to shoot larks on sundays nevertheless he answered very well sweetheart i will give you 400 francs but try to have a gorgeous and pretty dress the day of the ball approached and Ma'am Loisel seemed that disturbed, anxious. Nevertheless, her dress was nearly ready. Her husband said to her one evening, "What's the matter with you? You have acted strangely for two or three days." And she responded, "I'm vexed not to have a jewel, nothing to adorn myself. I shall have such a poverty-stricken look. I would prefer not to go to the party." He replied Are you insane what are you talking you can wear some natural flowers in the season they look very charming and pretty She was not convinced no she replied there is nothing more humiliating than to have a shabby air in the midst of rich women Then her husband cried out How stupid are we go and find from your friend Ma'am Frostier and ask her to lend you her few jewels She uttered a cry of joy It is true she said I had not thought of that The next day she took herself to her friend's house and related her story of distress Frostier went to her closet took out a large jewel case brought it opened it and said choose my dear whatever you want to wear she saw at first some bracelets then a collar of pearls then a vanity and cross of gold and jewels of admirable workmanship she tried the jewels before the glass hesitated but could neither decide to take them nor leave them then she asked hey do you have anything else Why guess look for yourself I don't know what will please you Suddenly she discovered in a black satin box a superb necklace of diamonds Her hands almost trembled as she looked at it she placed it about her throat 
against her dress and was ecstatic then she asked in a hesitating voice full of anxiety could you lend me this only this hey why guess so tenderly she fell upon the neck of her friend embraced her with passion then went away with the treasure the day of the ball arrived loisel was a great success she was the prettiest of all elegant gracious smiling and full of joy all the men noticed her asked her name and wanted to be presented she danced with enthusiasm intoxicated with pleasure thinking of nothing but all the admiration the victory so complete and sweet to her heart she went home toward 4 o'clock in the morning her husband had been half asleep in half of the little saloons since midnight with three other gentlemen whose wives were enjoying themselves very much he threw around her shoulder the modest wraps that had carried whose poverty clashed with the elegance of the ball costume she wished to hurry away in order not to be noticed by other women who were wrapping themselves in rich furs lossel detained her detained her wait said he i'm going to call a cab but she would not listen and descended the steps rapidly when they were in the street they found no carriage and they began to seek for one hailing the coachman home they saw at a distance they walked along toward the river hopeless and shivering finally they found one of those old carriages that one sees in paris after nightfall it took them as far as their door and they went really up to their apartment it was all over for her and on his part he remembered that he could have to be at the office by 10 o'clock she removed the wraps from her shoulders before the glass for a final view of herself in her glory suddenly she uttered a cry oh my god the necklace is not there loisel already half undressed as what is the matter she turned towards him exactly i have i have no longer have mam foster's necklace he arose in dismay what how's that it is not possible and they looked in the folds of the dress in the folds of the cloak in the pockets everywhere they could not find it he asked You are sure you still had it when we left the minister's house? Yes, I felt it as if we came out, but if you had lost it in the street, we could have heard it fall. It must be in the cab. Yes, it is possible. Did you take his number? No. And you, did you notice what it was? No. They looked at each other, utterly cast down. Finally, Lazel dressed herself again. I'm going, he said. Over the track, Will went on foot to see if I can find it. And he went. She remained in her evening gown, not having the force to go to the bed. Towards seven o'clock, her husband returned. He found nothing. He went to the police and to the cab officers and put an advertisement in the newspaper offering a reward. 
she waited all day in a state of bewilderment before this frightful disaster Lysel returned in the evening his face pale he had discovered nothing he said write to your friend that you have broken the clasp of the necklace and that you will have it repaired that will give us some time this is the only way i could think of to buy some more time he wrote as he dictated at the end of the week they had lost all hopes and loisel older by 5 years declared we must replace this jewel in a shop of the palace royal they found a chaplet of diamonds which seemed to them exactly like the one they had lost it was valued at 40000 francs they could get it for 36000 Loisel possessed 18000 francs which his father had left him he borrowed the rest he made ruinous promising took money from the friends and the whole race of lenders then he went to get the new necklace depositing on the merchant's counter 36000 francs when loisel took back the jewel to froster the lawyer said to her in a frigid tone you should have returned them to me sooner for i must have needed them froster did not open the jewel box as loisel feared she would what would she think if she should perceive the substitution what would she say would she take it would she take her for a robber loisel knew the horrible life of necessity she did her part however completely heroically it was necessary to pay this frightful debt she would pay it they spent away the maid they changed their lodging they rented some room in the attic she learned the arduous work of the kitchen they washed the dishes she washed the soil linen their clothes dish clothes which she hung on the line to dry she took down the refuse to the street each morning and brought up the water stopping at each landing to catch her breath and clothed like a woman of the people she went to the grocers the butchers and the fruit keeper with her basket on her arm shopping haggling to the last saw of her miserable money the husband worked evenings putting the books on some merchant's shop in order and nights he often did copying at 5 sous a page and this life lasted for 10 years at the end of 10 years they had restored all loisel seemed old now she had become a strong hard woman the crude woman of the poor household her hair badly dressed her skirts awry her hands red she spoke in a loud tone and washed the floor with large pails of water but sometime when her husband was at office she would seat herself before the window and think of that evening party of the former times of that ball where she was so beautiful and so flattered how would it have been if she had not lost the necklace who knows how singular is life and how full of changes how 
a small thing will ruin or save fun. One Sunday, as she was taking a walk in the Champs Elysees to rid herself of the cares of the week, she suddenly perceived a woman walking with a child. It was Forster, still young, still pretty, still attractive. Loisel was affected. Should she speak to her? Get so tenderly. And now she had paid. She would tell her all. Why not? She approached her. Good morning, Jenny. Her friend did not recognize her and was astonished to be so familiarly addressed by this common personage. She stammered, "But, madam, I did not know. You must be mistaken. No, I am Loisel." Her friend uttered a cry of astonishment. "Oh, my poor Matilda! How have you changed?" "Yes." I have had some hard days since I saw you and some miserable ones and all because of you because of me how's that you recall the diamond necklace that you loaned me to wear at the minister's ball yes very well i remember that well i lost it how is that since you returned it to me i returned another to you exactly like it and it has taken us 10 years to pay for it you can understand that it was not so easy for us who have nothing but it is finished and i am decently content forestio stopped short she said you say that you bought a diamond necklace to replace mine yes you did not perceive it then they were just alike and she smiled with proud and simple joy Forestier was touched and took both her hands as she replied, "Oh my poor Matilda, mine were false diamonds. They were not worth over three hundred francs." Oh my God! And with this, Loisel just fainted. Thank you so much. This was a short story titled The Necklace authored by the famous French writer Guida Maupassant. I hope you liked it. It was narrated to you by your friend Sanjay Bakshi, the urban storyteller from New Delhi. Thank you. Stay blessed.